This is Make Yourself at Home, a podcast from BizNow where we look at how this health and economic crisis is reshaping real estate. I'm Miriam Hall. I'm BizNow's New York City reporter. Today on the program, Reggie Thomas, the Senior Vice President for Government Affairs at the Real Estate Board of New York. At the start of 2020, the industry's peak real estate lobby group is faced with a very different political environment than it has been over recent years. It's got a unified federal government and for the first time ever, a New Yorker as the Senate Majority Leader. I asked Reggie what Rebney considers its top priorities for the city's real estate world. The number one issue is rental assistance. That is far and away been our number one biggest concern. Uh, and, you know, legislators down in D.C. are our, our allies in state government well, are well aware. We have too many vulnerable, vulnerable New Yorkers who have lost income, who have lost employment, and who need help paying the rent. And that is part of any kind of stimulus package, any type of agreement that comes from Washington. What are you hearing from landlords in terms of what they're seeing from their renters? They kind of have insight into the general population, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for, for a lot of property owners, they're doing everything they can to actually work with their tenants. Um, you know, that's why Rebney, even before the governor ordered this be an executive order, you know, Rebney members who represented well over 100,000 units came out and said, you know what, we're going to put a voluntary moratorium on any kind of eviction, because right now the biggest focus has to be on public health, public safety, and making sure you can take care of yourself. Our members have been pretty clear that they're doing everything they can to help their tenants to, to kind of weather the crisis. Um, that being said, I mean, there are instances and there have been situations where you do have some tenants who have the ability to pay, but are playing pandemic politics and aren't actually providing rent. And so it's those types of instances that are found upon that, frankly, put a lot more pressure on those who really need the help. So what are you hearing from your channels, I guess, in federal government as to what kind of assistance could be on its way? Uh, you know, as it relates to the operations of government, um, there are a number of major priorities. Obviously, there's the state budget shortfall. There's the city budget shortfall. There's the MTA. I mean, just in terms of direct dollars that are going into the system. Um, as I mentioned before, rental assistance for New Yorkers has been huge. Um, the Restaurants Act um, and making sure that we're providing opportunities for uh, small businesses, for restaurants, for hospitality to get back on its feet. Our tenants, the ground floor businesses, ground floor eateries, who've really bore the brunt of this crisis and do need the federal government to come in and help. Okay, so as far as you see it, rent is the number one thing, both residential and commercial. Yeah, absolutely. There has been a lot of concern about, you know, the moratoriums that are in place, both state, city, state and federal, uh, landlords working with their tenants, but it's not really rent forgiveness, is it? There could be a looming crisis coming where people are thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in debt, it's kind of pushing the problem back. What have you heard from New York City landlords in terms of how they might be dealing with that upcoming crisis? Sure. I think in every situation, there's a bit of a unique situation depending on what the finances are of that tenant. A lot of them have offered payment plans, an opportunity to pay over a longer period of time. Again, for those tenants who can pay, who have not lost their jobs, who are earning stable income and where the pandemic hasn't really affected their financial bottom line, Property owners need those tenants to pay because at the end of the day, the property owners want to help those who need this. Secondly, 
just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean that the property taxes aren't due for these properties. Last week, of course, extraordinary scenes of insurrection at the Capitol. Uh, this week, President Donald Trump was impeached by the House for the second time. These major events have really pulled away from the fact that following the Georgia runoffs, Democrats are now controlling the Senate. What kind of change will that mean for New York City real estate? Does it change your approach, your outlook, what you'll be pushing for and how likely it is that you'll get what you want? So I don't, I don't view this as more of a, it's a matter of what real estate gets what we want. I think that there's just at least going to be an opportunity for forward momentum. Because I think when you have a split legislature, the way that we've had for so many years, you know, it's caused so much gridlock. You know, I think when, when the, the, every round of stimulus, we're, we're urging both parties to come together, to come to a resolution, to provide assistance, but then it gets delayed by weeks or months. At least now that there is a, a single party that the House of Representatives, the Senate with obviously Vice President Harris and the presidency, at least we can be able to see some more forward momentum. So what would you say is, we've talked about rent, but aside from that, rent assistance, aside from that, what would you say is the biggest priority for you to get through this gridlock, to see momentum on? One of the things that we think we talked about a little bit earlier on, Miriam, was investment. That is sort of the big thing. During times of economic crisis, the first thing that usually goes is investment. It's like, oh, do we need to invest in this? Can we put it off to later? Now is the time to double down and triple down uh, the Gateway Tunnel. That's something that has been held up because of political gridlock for well over a decade. And that's something that you know immediately could be done. Um, the second thing as it relates to the just the daily transportation, the MTA, the Port Authority, this is something that we see that could happen very quickly in the near term. Okay, so there's there's the Gateway Tunnel, obviously, which has been just completely stalled, frozen. Sure, um, and it's such a massive liability, Mary. I mean, the Northeast Corridor is such a massive part of the Northeast economy, and the Northeast economy is such a huge driver of the national. God forbid if something happens, I mean, this is, this is more of a national security crisis more than anything. I mean, the Hudson River Tunnel, for example, I mean, that is on the brink of collapse, as far as I understand. Yeah, the video is that from when Governor Cuomo did sort of the underground. I mean, it's something that every New Yorker should take a look at. I would send it to my friends in D.C. and California because once, once they see it, they're, they're scratching their heads. So you think it's going to be addressed now, now that we have a unified federal government? Now that we have a unified federal government, the fact that, you know, Congressman Nadler, who has been huge on this issue for, for New York, um, you know, is in the majority. Senator Schumer has been huge on this issue. He's obviously the majority leader. And, you know, I don't think you'll find uh, another president other than Joe Biden who is uh, more more spoke about sort of federal investment. So, as you said, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, he's a New York Democrat. Uh, he's now the leader in the Senate. And there's never been a Senate majority leader from New York before, which is which is fascinating. Uh, his position, as you say, a major win or was considered to be a major win for the city and its various woes. What's Rebney's relationship like with Schumer? Sure. I mean, you know, Senator Schumer, obviously, he's been to the Rebney Banquet multiple times. I mean, he, um, he's just been such a massive advocate for New York. The major thing that we view ourselves here at Rebney and the real estate industry is we're advocates for New York. And that's why it's been such a pleasure for the organization to work with Senator Schumer over the past, you know, how many decades. So what are you going to say? What, what are you going to say to Senator Schumer? What's your first request? Well, I mean, we, we obviously speak to the senator's office and to the senator quite often. And again, it's everything that we've outlined uh, before in our conversation about, you know, rental assistance, investment in infrastructure, the Restaurants Act. Um, you know, th these are all things that he's been well aware of. 
all throughout the crisis. Getting into specifics, I mean, the MTA did get $4 billion as part of this last stimulus. Right. There is enormous concern about the $8 billion deficit from 2022 to 2024. Yeah. What is your feeling around what needs to be done there? So, you know, when you take a look at sort of the MTA and forecasting, a lot of this is based on ridership, right? I mean, ridership has taken a major hit. Ridership is what provides the vast majority of revenue for the MTA. And a lot of this is going to come down to how quickly we get vaccinated throughout the entire city, throughout the entire state, how quickly folks feel comfortable taking the subway or offices um, being encouraged to come back to their office. And that's really what it comes down to. So it's hard to kind of project that. I mean, and so to that end, it's not just sort of a one-time shot to say, hey, we have a deficit just at this very moment, can you help fill it? It's about making sure that we're being cognizant that, you know what, we may have some deficits moving forward and being honest that we, we may need additional assistance so we can get. Okay, so it's about making sure that there's vaccinations so people actually get back on the subway and yep. ride it and pay for it, um, but also putting forward that you want more money for it or that you believe that more money is needed. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you take a look at, you know, the, the beauty of New York City is that it's never finished. And we want to make sure that MTA is made whole. Our priority is making sure that it's running, it's functional, that employers have, employees have ability to take, uh, you know, stable subway service to get to work because a happy employee makes for a happy employer and a happy employer makes for a happy real estate industry. Realistically, I mean, how likely do you think that the cap on the federal deduction on state and local income taxes, the SALT cap, as it's kind of commonly known, is likely to get the boot now that we've got uh, Senator Schumer uh, leading the Senate there? SALT was very punitive for New York and for New York City residents, uh, New York State residents. And so the, the senator knows, the, the congressional delegation knows that it's a, it's a major priority and it's something that we're urging them to, to move forward on. We are advocating like crazy. So Governor Cuomo just put out his state of the state and he said he's working with the real estate community to get pop-up rapid testing in place to help reopen the city. Uh, how, how do you think that's going to work and what role is Rebney going to play? Sure. So, I mean, Rebney and our members have been working closely with the governor's office to begin offering free space for rapid testing throughout the city um, in retail spaces and large commercial buildings. I mean, we're committed to expanding this uh, effort significantly over the coming months because it's such a critical part of reopening the city and state economy is ensuring that rapid testing is available. So where would it be? What sorts of places? For example, if there are empty retail spaces where, you know, unfortunately, let's say a retail space wasn't filled because of the pandemic, this is a primary opportunity to be able to repurpose these types of spaces so that they're able to be used for rapid testing. And given sort of the wide breadth of availabilities throughout the city, it's something that could be very much geographically targeted. And also for vaccinations as well? I mean, vaccinations, that's something that I think we'll, we'll see down the road with the governor's office. We want to obviously take our lead with him. But, you know, as it relates to, to rapid testing, um, that's something that I think is a very easy uh, and sensible thing. Yeah, I think it's been a real point of frustration, like testing. You know, you see the lines out the front of these city MDs and stuff like that, like, and then you see, I, I mean, I walk past closed bars and, and, and stores that are no longer operating and you think, why can't we get this happening? And it sounds like it is now something that you're focused on. Absolutely. And Miriam, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to get a rapid test before, uh, but like I got tested the other day as a precaution before seeing my parents and I got a rapid test uh, they, and within 30 minutes I was told I was good to go. Um, and there's a sense of relief that also comes with it. And, you know, the real estate industry wants to continue to play a role in helping 
What about Cuomo's plan or his suggestion, rather, to turn empty offices into affordable housing? I'm pretty sure Revney backs that idea and has for some time. So what would be required, do you think, to turn that idea um, into a reality? Sure. So, and thanks for asking about that, Miriam, because it is a good, it's a good idea. I mean, let's, let's be honest, we are in an affordable housing crisis in the city and any opportunity to be able to think creatively, to think outside the box, um, is something that we should be doing right now. If you take a look at what happened in Lower Manhattan uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, you know, I, I'm a resident of Lower Manhattan, and I've lived there ever since 2003, and every, pretty much every building I've lived in actually used to be an old office, and it's an opportunity to really create housing um, affordable and market rate for, for countless New Yorkers, and so it's something that we're welcome to. It is, there's a lot of things that have to be worked out, obviously, uh, in terms of the details, but we're, we're excited that the governor included it. This kind of seems like one of those ideas you roll your eyes and be like, oh, great, in 15 years, we'll be opening the first ever affordable housing <laughs> in a former office. That might be the cynic in me. So, uh, so here's the thing. I, I normally, just by my very nature, I'm usually a cynic as well. But if you just take a look at what happened in Lower Manhattan, I mean, it was announced in the late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, you saw we're just in a couple of years versions happening left and right. The amount of residential that happened over the past 20 years in a post 9-11 world has been astronomical. And a lot of this has been because of the ability to convert, uh, you know, class B, class C office space. Okay, so you're a believer. I'm a believer in this one, Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't say that often. So I know Rebney was praising Cuomo's state of the state address, but there are some policies um, that real estate is really anxious about at the state level namely the pied-a-terre tax. Uh, I know that Revney pushed against it when it first appeared. Um, now it's back on the agenda. What's the approach from, from you guys? So I think the, the most important thing is it's not Revney versus the PAT. I mean, there is a widespread coalition of, of New Yorkers who are opposed to the secondary homeowners tax. Uh, this includes labor, this includes 32BJ, building service. This includes the building construction trades council. It includes the building conference. It includes the building uh, trades employers association. So and yes, and obviously residential agents are opposed to it. We understand that the city and state needs tax revenue right now, but this is actually going to lose us more money than we get back. And it's not sensible policy. And instead we should really be pivoting uh, to, to other opportunities. So how will you push that message though? Because when you talk about the general public, just seeing that kind of idea is like, well, it's a rich person who doesn't use that house. Why don't they pay a little more tax and help us solve our enormous fiscal problems? That's what the general public would say. And 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 fortunately, uh, we're we're in a world where uh, thankfully we don't have to govern by sound bites. Where you know we have a lot of state legislators who take these arguments seriously, look at research reports, look at policy reports, and say, you know what, is this really the right policy? And Fortunately, being a part of the, the New York City Homeowners Coalition with all of these different interests, uh, we've been focused on educating New Yorkers across the board, where, you know, you have co-op and condo owners who are saying, you know what, this doesn't make sense because the tax, remember, technically the tax would get placed on the entire co-op building and then they got to somehow get it from the person who has it as a secondary home. I mean, that's not really fair to quite a lot of co-op and condo owners throughout the city who have called New York their home for generations. Do you have any ideas or any suggestions to go in its place? Uh, well, I mean, there's a ton of options, right? And so for the most part, we're leaving it to the state Senate to take a look at all the budget options. They are going through quite a lot, right? I mean, there's proposals, everything from marijuana to gambling 
Um, you know, th there's a lot of things that they're considering on the table. So I just want to know how you plan to work with state government now that the Democrats have an even tighter control and the Democrats have been bringing in uh, legislation that uh, the real estate industry wasn't thrilled about, namely the rent reform. What's the plan with working with them, talking to them through 2021? Sure. I, I would say that it's no different than our plan was with 2020. I mean, we're fortunate that we have a lot of legislators that we have great working relationships with. Um, listen, we're all New Yorkers, right? We're not going to agree on everything. But the most important thing is that legislators take the time to their arguments for and against a specific policy measure, take it into account before they take their votes or before they advocate on an issue. Our approach in 2021 is going to be the same as 2020. We're going to aggressively meet in outreach to educate as many leg legislators as possible. It doesn't matter if they agree with us 90% of the time or disagree with us. Uh, you know, fortunately at Redney, we've retooled the government affairs apparatus. We have a state legislative director now solely focused on state matters. We have a city legislative director solely focused on city matters. Uh, and so we really retooled and provided opportunities to have more open and frank conversations with legislators about a wide array of issues. And it's something that we're gonna lean into even more. Is Redney backing anyone for mayor yet? No. Uh, Rebney has had opportunities to, to meet with quite a lot of the mayoral candidates where we've had very frank, open conversations about the future of the city, about how to, how to engage in recovery. You know, from, from, what we've, from what we've spoken to with the mayoral candidates, they understand that this is one of those times where we're all in this together. You can't have a strong recovery without having a strong real estate industry recovery. Remember, real estate accounts for half, more than half of the city's tax rate. I mean, in terms of the amount of teachers, firefighters, sanitation workers, police officers combined, I mean, the real estate industry alone carries that water. And in order to ensure that we get out of this pandemic stronger than we were before the pandemic, it's going to require partnership. Right, dear, really appreciate you making time. Uh, great to have you on the show. This was phenomenal talking to you, Miriam. Thanks again for the opportunity. <laughs>